This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Sklina. And I'm your other host, Matt Sklina. And Matt, today we've got an episode that's going to save everybody some money. That's exactly right. And also make you think or rethink how you're structuring your finances for your future. For sure. And, you know, it's great to have these guys on the program. We've got Tom Gamer and Lance Risby. Yeah. Now, these guys are insurance brokers. They work with London Life. But we've, you know, we've had Grace Catow on in the past. That was an early episode. She yeah. was, she's an insurance broker as well. But that's different. I mean, she's talking about how to structure your home insurance, right? That's right, to protect yourself. These guys are now kind of pulling back and they're looking at your finances overall, right? And they're looking at strategies and questions around structuring finance when you buy a home and how to optimize your insurance and make sure that you can actually save a lot of money. Yeah, and you're protected, you're going to save on taxes. It's it's a it's a broader, more sophisticated strategy uh, than I was aware of. Um, you know, you've known these guys for years. I met them very recently, but right. uh, I was very impressed with kind of the the level that these guys operate Absolutely. on. I actually, I wish I would have got this advice earlier on, like when I was first buying my first property. Because what happens when you buy a place is that it triggers a bunch of new questions around your finances, right? Now you've got this huge asset and, you know, it's that's the time to pull back and say, okay, I'm going to need mortgage insurance or some form of life insurance. Exactly. Uh, and they'll talk to, about that. I've got new tax implications. I've got new, you know, all these questions come up, right? Yeah. So this is the kind of thing that you want to know beforehand. But if you've already bought properties in the past, you're not too late. You can restructure on the next one. Exactly. So stay tuned for Lance Risby and Tom Gamer. Okay, Matt. But before we get to our interview with Tom and with Lance, 
we've got a tip of the market. We do have a tip of the market. Tip of the market to you. Tip of the market to you, Matt. Tip of the market to you, Adam. And we haven't done that in a while, but it's it it's feels good, good, to be, good to be back. Good to be back. Oh, God. It feels so good. But you know what? This one, this one was inspired by one of our listings we had over the last week. We had a one-bedroom downtown. Right. That market is smoking hot. It's unbelievable. I feel so bad for purchasers of one-beds in downtown right now. And it's, it's just such a competitive market. Yeah. Right? I mean, we've talked about that before. We, we have. And uh, you know, we've talked about the tail of two markets a million times. This is a prime example of that. We had a, a really nice one bedroom on Richards, which is a great street. Right. I mean, this was a great listing. With that said, we had 32 offers. 32 offers. Good Lord. 32 offers. It's a and, lot of wasted paper. That's all. It is. It, it, it was. Can you Actually, not do that Braden, electronically? You know what? <laughs> Braden printed them all out and it was like a whole afternoon. Yeah. Way to make your money, Braden. Yeah, no kidding. Jeez. He's got a real tough life. He's He's got a tough life. Just stood at the printer for four hours? Yeah. Yeah. And he was also like anxious about it. Yeah. <laughs> like full anxiety attack at the printer. All right, we're getting the sign to move it along. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so okay. okay. Anyway, 32 offers, uh, a very successful outcome uh, right. for our sellers. So congrats on that. Yeah. But it inspired this tip of the market. Yeah. Most valuable player, Braden. Um, so... <laughs> The, the the only thing, <laughs> before we get to the tip of the market, Matt, so 32 offers, nobody presented the offer, right? No, but you know what? None of the buyers presented, but None but of them why? did. But, why? Well, because some of the buyer's agents wanted to present their offers. Yeah. And they were very aggressive, you know? We shut them down. They wanted to come into our <laughs> office and, and actually get in front of our seller right. to present, and we shut them down. Yeah, shut but, them down. okay, so why do we shut down buyer's agents from presenting to our clients? Well, there's a clear reason, right? Uh, there's some amazing realtors who have been in this game for Incredible. a long time, know what they're doing, yeah. uh, really know how to wax poetic. I mean, there's a reason why people put their photos and write a story about how much they love their, your house. Right. They're trying to woo you as a seller and getting an agent in front of you uh, that's not your own agent to talk about their client, is it, it can be very powerful. Right, right. Absolutely. And and the thing is, is what we what we often do by getting offers emailed in is we want our clients to focus on three things, right? Take the emotion right out of it no and emotion. focus on price, dates, and conditions, right? That's Those are exactly the three it. things that we want to We don't want to hear about how much Jenny loves the place and how yeah. she's been saving for 10 years. No, and, and I mean, it, hey, it, it's, it's heartbreaking, but everybody, you get 32 offers, there's for sure at least 25 of those people that are probably end users that probably have some kind of a story. There's about, 25 you know, stories out there. They've and been six, frustrated. Six and, speculators. Exactly. <laughs> and at least six. <laughs> Sorry, I got those numbers yeah, yeah, turned yeah. around. 25 speculators. Yeah, exactly. But the, the point is, is that we got the offers in, we got the property sold, and we didn't let people present. So the tip of the market today is always present the offer when given the opportunity. Yeah, right? and, and we should back up and say, Always have your agent present the offer. Exactly. So if there's an opportunity for an agent to meet with the seller and the seller's agent and have an opportunity to actually inform the seller about you, what your goals are with the property, why why you love the property, why it's a perfect fit for you and your family or whoever, and and just get in there and actually have an opportunity to get in front of this person eye to eye and and make that connection. Because honestly, it works. Like we've presented so many offers uh, over our careers and successfully, right? Where you're you're given an opportunity and it's really an opportunity for the agent at least to kind of to realize what the intentions and goals or the pain points are of the seller. 
So when you're actually presenting that offer, you might find out that it's really important to the seller that they never want their house torn down. You know, they, they right. love this house. They've been here 20 years. They, they're in love with the house. Or they're very uh, embedded in their community, in their building, and on their floor, they have all their neighbors, and they want somebody who's going to be quiet and respectful. You know, there's, there's a good fit for the building, exactly. right? Because they, they have great friends in the building or whatever. Or, or they're maybe focused on dates instead of price. Or they, you can learn so much as a buyer's agent if you go in and actually get to meet and talk and even influence the seller yeah. um, from that perspective. So anytime your agent has an opportunity, present the offer. But also, Matt, if it is a private sale and if you're representing yourself and say you're you're trying to buy your neighbor's property or try, the next door neighbor in a condo. Get face or, to face with Get somebody. face to face. Get belly to belly. Yeah. And obviously there it's a lot easier to negotiate when you're when you're talking face to face to somebody, figure out exactly what they want, uh, why and uh, and tailor your it's, offer. It's always easier to build a connection first than just have a piece of paper come in that says, I want to buy your property, I want to buy it for X amount. You know, there's nothing there, right? There's, there's no nothing, sticking point. Yeah. There's no sticking point. That's for sure. So there it is, the tip of the market. But maybe we should move on to our talk with Lance and Tom. Lance is being Tom Gamer. Enjoy. It's a great one. Okay, so we're here with Lance Risby and Tom Gamer, financial advisors. How are you doing, guys? Good, thanks. Doing well, thanks. How about you? Yeah, yeah, doing well. Thanks a lot for joining yeah, us. Yeah, thanks for, you guys were in Kelowna, so you made the trip over. Yeah, it's fun. How was the Coke? It was good. Stuck yeah, behind a few plows, but it was, it, was, <laughs> it was good. We survived. Right. Can you uh, start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So uh, I'm Tom. I moved to these shores back in 2009. Uh, I've been basically in finance now for, geez, 17 years. So I've done a fair amount inside of that. Uh, and now focus on protecting individuals and businesses and just making sure they're looked after properly. Wow. And it sounds like you have an accent, Tom. I do, just a little one. <laughs> <laughs> Commonly mistaken for Australia, but no, I am actually English. And yeah, I moved over here with my wife and her family and got two little kids now and Great. And yeah. have you always lived in Kelowna in Canada? Yeah, isn't that weird? That is weird. Yeah. Well, Found, happened nice. to find Kelowna, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice place. Destination city. Um, you know what the thing is, though, is we should say, like, you guys work in Vancouver and Kelowna, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you're so constantly I'm... kind of going back and forth and clients in both areas. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, Kelowna's a cool place, but when, uh, when you've grown up in and around London, you can't avoid cities for too long. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're here pretty much on a weekly basis. Great. And uh, Lance? I grew up in Vancouver. I've been in finance for about 25 years, a bit more on the institutional side until the last, I guess, three, four years where I've shifted more towards uh, helping individuals meet their needs. And you, uh, Lance, you, you're a Yale Town guy recently transplanted to Kelowna. That is correct, yeah. Uh, I moved up there a couple of years ago to help my uh, parents who had some health issues. Okay, so one of the key reasons we brought you guys on is uh, because we recently had you into our office talking about mortgage insurance, which everyone needs. So mortgage insurance makes sense, right? Well, everyone needs to insure their mortgage, but nobody needs mortgage insurance. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> so... There are, there are different types and different ways that you can protect something. So mortgage insurance is very much creditor protection. 
Okay, so it's not protecting the consumer, it's protecting the lender. Okay, mm. so what we try and do instead is rather than go that route, we want to protect the individual and protect the customer, not just protecting the lender themselves. So can you unpack that a bit? Because if you, my understanding is always that if you have mortgage insurance that, and say, you know, I get hit by a bus, it's going to allow my wife to live mortgage free and everyone will be happy. But so what, what are the, why is that a negative? Sure. So there's a, there's a few negative points. Um, so, I mean, one of the first ones that you brought up there is, yeah, if I get run over by a bus, then, you know, my, my wife's covered potentially. Okay. And I don't think when someone's been run over by a bus, you want to be hit with a potentially. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that mortgage insurance typically does uh, is it puts you on something which is called post-claim underwriting. Okay. So what that does is they're going to ask you a few questions up front to decide whether or not you're eligible to pay premium. And then if it comes to a time of claim, that's when they're actually going to do the underwriting. So then they're going to look back in your medical records and decide whether or not they should have insured you. Does that make some sense? That does make sense. So you had some, uh, you gave an example last time we spoke sure. about this. I've got two good ones. Mo Montezuma's Revenge. Yeah, Montezuma's Revenge. So if, uh, and the way that these questions are laid out, they can vary a little bit between providers, but they, they, they're pretty similar. Uh, and one of those is going to be, um, have you ever been to the doctor or had to be treated or looked at for any type of gastrointestinal disorder? Okay. Now, if any of you have had Montezuma's Revenge, or if there's any evidence of that, or maybe you've had food poisoning or something like that, they're probably going to void your insurance because you would have answered no on that question to I haven't had a gastrointestinal disease. Right. Or by default, wow. that's a gastrointestinal disease. So just food poisoning? Just the run. Like that. Dude, just the runs. Wow. If you had to go to the doctor and get some <laughs> diarrhea or something like that, then yeah, there's a potential that you're not going to get covered. So, so if I understand correctly, you <clears throat> and I just uh, had a new mortgage earlier this year. I went in to sign the papers. They said, hey, do you want mortgage insurance? I didn't have to have uh, any physical. Yep. It seemed like, hey, this is a great, this is a great plan. But the problem with that, obviously, is it's easy to do at the time. Ten years from now, if I get hit by a bus, they're going to go back and look at my medical records, exactly. my wife's medical records, and decide whether yep. or not we actually deserve it. And we've been paying for it the whole time. Yep. And it turns out you've definitely had the runs. <laughs> <laughs> well, and another big one on that, and the. Something that gets uh, a lot of young people generally is one of the key questions they're going to ask, and this is one of their common ones that they go to to default somebody, is, uh, have you ever been tested for high blood pressure? Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a young guy. No, I've never been tested for high blood pressure. By default, if anywhere on my medical records there is a cuff reading where they stick that cuff on your arm and they mm -hmm. puff it up and see what your blood pressure is, by default, they have tested you for high blood pressure. Wow. Your, ins your mortgage insurance would now be null and void. So my doctor at the beginning of every visit puts the cuff on me and checks my blood pressure immediately before we talk about anything. You're, I don't know, that might be rare, but if you had that, that would void me. To, if, you had answered, <laughs> if you had answered no right. to have you ever been tested for high blood pressure, then yeah, that's, that's potentially going to void your insurance. Wow. They will give your wife the money back. That is the premiums you've paid. Yeah, <laughs> premiums. Which is, okay. uh, 
not a lot of exactly. solace <laughs> yeah. after Adam gets hit by a bus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, and the other thing is, you know, obviously being hit by a bus has got nothing to do with whether or not someone's got high or low blood pressure. Yeah, right. It's got nothing to do with it. That's irrelevant. As right. far as they're concerned, you lied on the application form. Okay, so then post-claim underwriting is is one of the key reasons. Yep. Are there other reasons to avoid mortgage insurance? There are, definitely. Uh, I mean, one of the ones is uh, it's just a, a different way of thinking about it. So so you just got mortgage insurance. Mm-hmm. So, Actually, I didn't, but... Uh, oh, good, good. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad. Um, okay, so let's think about this. So every time you make a mortgage payment, what happens to the principal of your mortgage? 50% of the payments, in my case, uh, go to pay down the principal. Okay, so your principal is going down. That's right. But your mortgage insurance premiums won't. Okay. And this is something I didn't think of yeah. uh, before when I was talking to Brady D about it because he just got mortgage insurance as well. Okay. Uh, yeah, if you, you take out 500K, you have a 500K mortgage and you're going to be paying that premium based on that 500,000, right? Yep. 10 years from now, you're not going to have 500,000 left, but you're still paying those premiums on 500K. Yep. So for every premium that you're paying, your mortgage is going down, but your insurance is staying the same. Mm. That's not right. So you're paying a level premium for a decreasing amount of coverage. And that's for all mortgage insurances yeah. provided by the bank. Yep. Yep. I'm yet to see one that decreases in premiums. Interesting. And that's in 17 years. Yeah. So So that makes a lot of sense. Number 3. Okay, number 3. So let's go for the beneficiary angle, okay? So when you set up that sort of insurance and you're protecting your mortgage, who are you trying to protect? Your family. Okay. Why aren't your family the beneficiaries? So in that case, who are the, the beneficiaries? The lender. So whoever the lender is, they're the ones who are going to be first payer on that insurance. So let's say that, I mean, let's look at right now and in today's environment. What do you guys say is a, is a good mortgage rate right now? 3% around. Okay. So yeah. let's say you've got 3%. I would argue that this is not the time to be paying extra money down on your mortgage. Yeah. Right. This is the money's perfect, cheap. Yeah, money's cheap right now. Lending is cheap. We're in one of the uh, cheapest environments we've ever been in for lending money. Okay, so why would I want to pay that off quicker? Mm-hmm. So if something happened to my wife or if something happened to me, I don't want my wife paying off the mortgage. I want her to use that money, invest that money, maybe buy another property, make some more money on the side and keep borrowing money while it's cheap. Right. So you get that flexibility by doing that. The money goes to the named beneficiaries, then they get to make the decision as to what happens next. And that's with real life insurance as opposed to mortgage exactly. insurance. Right. So mortgage insurance is just your mortgage is finished being paid. So maybe we should, because you guys have one more kind of key point, if we go over sure. that and then talk about other options, because there are sure. other options that are way better than mortgage insurance, correct? Yeah. So the last one on there is transferability. Okay. So we all know that when we're going to go and get a mortgage, uh, rates are going to differ between different institutions and different people are going to try and entice you with different rates. Okay, so if you move to a different lender, you can't take that insurance with you because that insurance is tied to the lender that you're with. So now you've got to try and re-qualify for it and you're going to be at a different age as well. Yeah. So you've got older, so your insurance is more expensive. And what if you've become sick or something like that in the meantime? You now can't take that insurance with you. I pretty much can guarantee you that if a lender knows 
that you're not going anywhere, you are not going to get a good rate anymore. Mm-hmm. You've got no leverage. Right. You can't take your business elsewhere because you're not insurable anywhere else. Right. And the whole point of when you get insurance, uh, especially life insurance, uh, at least in my understanding of it, is your goal is to have 20, 25, 30 years and the potential to renew without having to go through another physical, right? Sure. Because when you're young and healthy, you get the best rate and that's the best coverage. But in this case, if I understand correctly, you have a five-year term. Every five years, you have to go back and potentially. make sure that you're healthy. Yeah, potentially. I mean, so we're looking at a life insurance policy on a term policy. They're going to have two options which are built into most policies, which are going to be renewable and convertible. Okay, So that means that even if you're unhealthy, if you're willing to pay the premiums based on the renewal rate, they cannot take that insurance away from you. It's yours. Now, typically, whatever that term is going to be, so whether it's five or 10 or 20 years, it's going to significantly go up when it hits one of those periods. Okay, So ideally, you want to rewrite it. But you have the option where if you can't, let's say you found out you were terminally ill, but you weren't going to die in a few days. You were going to die in a few years. And your insurance goes up in the interim. Okay, So my insurance goes up to 1000 bucks a month. I don't care. I'm still going to pay it. If I know in three years' time, my wife's going to get 500 grand. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to pay that money. Yeah. Right. So you've always got the option to keep it going. But then, yeah, there's also a convertible option on there. So at any time during that period, you can convert that insurance into whole life insurance, which is going to last you forever, and the premium is going to stay level. That's a different type of insurance, which is going to grow, and it's going to provide you an investment and really good growth potential, as well as tax-free investing. It's really cool, but definitely a different subject. Okay, so then we've established there's basically four key reasons why mortgage insurance is is not the best way to yeah. go. Can you speak a little bit about what people should be doing? Sure. So um, first off, they should call you guys. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but second, secondly, definitely first off, call us. That's always that's always the best option. Um, but yeah, typically you want to instead of having mortgage insurance, you want to have your own individual life insurance. Okay. Now typically we're going to do that on a term basis, so you can have a term life insurance. Reason being, there's no point in paying for insurance if you don't need it. There's no point in an unnecessary outlay. That's just stupid. You could be using the money for something else. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what we tend to do when you've got a decreasing liability, such as a mortgage, you don't need to have that insurance forever. You're going to have it typically for a term period. So that's going to match your amortization on your mortgage. So that might be, a, I don't know, 15 to 25 years. So we'll try and match the insurance to that. So when your mortgage runs out, so does your insurance. Mm-hmm. Good. You're probably going to pay the least amount of money possible, but you've still got the maximum amount of coverage. Done. So definitely you want to replace mortgage insurance with individual life insurance. Now, how does that work? We have a lot of investors you know, that are in the business of acquiring more doors, a lot of investors listening. Sure. My understanding then would be you, know, you have your primary residence. It's worth, say, $800,000. Yep. Um, so you have life insurance that would cover whatever you owe on that. Then you acquire another property for say four hundred thousand, and say another property for four hundred thousand. Is it the strategy there just to be bumping up your life insurance as you acquire investment properties? Uh, typically, it depend really depends on why you're doing it. So, I mean, one of the things that we sometimes find is that if someone's buying multiple rental properties, typically the rent that they're taking on that property is covering the mortgage payments anyway. Right. So, in which case, that's a discussion as to do you need that covered or not. 
you know, because if your mortgage is already being paid, do you need to worry about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but certainly on your principal residence, that's a key thing. Like if you're not there, who's paying your mortgage payments? Right. You know, so that's one that you definitely want to look at. So really the whole thing's a discussion. Let's figure out what's best for the client. Let's figure out what they want. Like we don't want to, we're not in the business of selling to somebody. We're in the business of giving advice. So for that, we need to have a discussion and ask questions. So each each policy is is very unique to the individual then. Definitely. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about when you actually get the policy? Should you should you go through all the tests and and health checks up front or are there any situations where where it would make sense to be on a post-claim insurance policy? Not in my opinion. I don't think there's ever a reason why you'd want to do that. It's basically you've potentially got insurance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So would you pay out money for something and then you might get something at the end of it? Probably not. That's the benefit when we're doing upfront underwriting is that once that policy is in your hand, other than typically in an act of fraud where you've like fraudulently lied about something and it becomes discovered at a later date, you're covered. Mm-hmm. You know, that policy is in your hand. You know that's a legitimate life insurance policy. You are covered by the insurer. That's a big deal. Like that's um, security. Yeah, some certainty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so given all the benefits of, of getting a, a life insurance policy, it must be more expensive than mortgage insurance, I would imagine. You'd think so. Typically, no. Actually, typically, it's considerably cheaper. Hmm. Can you unpack that a bit? Sure. Well, uh, I mean, we've, uh, we've given you guys an example, which uh, you guys are free to stick in your notes or to put on your website. Yeah, and we'll, we'll do that for sure. And uh, in the example we've given you, on average it's over 50% cheaper. 50% cheaper. Yeah. Wow. And just a question, if you can get, if you have a 30-year amortization, are there 30-year terms that you can can get? You can do, depending on the carrier that you take it to. Okay. Different carriers have different terms that they use. Now, the major players typically are going to look in brackets of 5, 10, or 20. Um, But there's a few who have got some sort of designer products where you can actually pick the exact term that you want. So if you've got a 23-year amortization, yeah, we can do that. And for people that are new to life insurance, what happens at the end of that term? What are your options at the end of that term? So it's up to you. You can cancel it and decide you don't need it anymore. If you don't need the insurance, stop paying for it. Yeah. If you decide you do need it or you want it, okay, well, let's look at your options. So maybe we convert that into something which is going to last forever. Or maybe we just set up a new term, which is going to cover some of your newer expenses. You know, one of the things you guys will be pretty familiar with is someone is quite often going to sell one property and then move in upsize and go into a bigger property. Well, that's probably going to reset their amortization period. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we need to figure out with your insurance, maybe cut it down a little bit or increase it and just make sure that we're matching that amortization again. Right. And you can cancel. So with life insurance, say you have a 30-year plan or a 20-year yep. plan, you can be modifying it as you go. Yep. Assuming that you, you know, uh, make different payments, but also if you decide you don't want it, say, "Hey, I sell my house and cancel it." Yeah, you can just cancel it. Cancel There's it no... anytime you want. Uh, They're the... locked in, but you're not. Exactly. So the policies typically, again, like just that they've got that renewable and that convertible option. They're also going to have a non-cancelable option. So what that means is that the insurer can't cancel the insurance; only you can. Hmm. So with all this said, it being cheaper, it clearly being better value and having, you know, many more options, what percentage of the population gets mortgage insurance and why on earth does anyone get mortgage insurance? Sure. So 
I'm not going to be one of those people who's going to throw up one of those randomly made up on the spot percentages. <laughs> Would um, you say 75%? <laughs> um, what I would say is that you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So the most important thing is doing stuff like this and getting information out to people, information out to the consumer so they understand what they're actually buying. If you knew that something was a more beneficial product and it was cheaper, you'd buy it. But you only know that once you've seen the product and understand how it works. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the other thing is that certainly Western society generally and how we're evolving as a society in itself is we like convenience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so when we're there and we're already doing our mortgage and someone says, do you want to add this? Yeah, sure. And just to speak to that, I knew about all of this information <laughs> and I was going through the life insurance uh, process while I was getting my mortgage and I almost, just because of the pain of yeah. doing all the, the coverage and the questions and everything else, I almost still got mortgage insurance, which yeah. is which is which speaks to the path of least resistance. Yeah, definitely. And there is definitely a little bit of that. But I think what you really need to do is think back to the fundamentals of why you're doing it. You're doing it to protect your family. If something happened in five years' time and your family didn't get a payout, you can guarantee that your entire family would regret that quick fire decision. Right. Yeah. And I, and yeah, it's convenience. And I think there's also, you know, when you get a mortgage with the bank and you meet with your broker, I mean, it's an add on, it's an upsell, right? Yeah. In a lot of ways. Like this must be a cash cow for the major lenders, right? To tackle this. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, put this up there's, they're collecting premiums and there's no risk. Mm -hmm. there's yeah. no risk like they might not ever pay out so then they've just made money off those premiums and then they just give it back yeah generally speaking do you know do mono line lenders are they as aggressive and do they offer similar mortgage insurance packages or is it more just the big banks or how do you see it in the industry uh, it's a little bit of everyone actually so typically everyone has their own sort of product mm -hmm. what you're actually seeing more of now is a, a lot of the more individually based lenders will not offer it anymore because they know it's crap. Okay. So they just, they've stopped offering it. Uh, so it typically only falls to the major guys. And even some of them, that starts to come down to the individual broker who they've got in-house. Sometimes they'll offer it. Sometimes they'll push you towards somebody else. Just, just varies. There's something else to note, though, and that is the major lenders tend to have a cap on the amount of coverage they offer. Uh, some of them only offer 500000 in coverage and others seven fifty. So, I mean, if you're getting a million-dollar mortgage, you can't even, you know, cover that. Wow. Yeah. So, whereas with us, I mean, you can cover. certainly do a million, two million, five million bucks in coverage, yeah. whatever you need, basically. Right. Interesting. That's a big deal in Vancouver, right? Yeah. Yeah, where everybody's kind of pushing the million-dollar mark. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> so I mean, another thing to think about, too, is, is that with the mortgage insurance, it's only paying off the mortgage if you've got the right amount of coverage. But with us, you can actually put on more coverage than what your mortgage amount is. So for example, if your mortgage is 600,000, you can come and buy a million bucks worth of insurance. In theory, they could pay off the mortgage and still have 400 grand to yeah. live off of as well. Yeah, right. And that was my strategy actually was, yeah. you know, if I get hit by a bus, my wife can has enough money to pay off the mortgage if she wanted or have a chunk to live on, just make the mortgage payments and have a little bit extra to Exactly. you know, provide. And we've, yeah. and we've got a really user-friendly way of doing that. So we'll go through, we'll ask some really simple questions as to what someone wants to do. And what we do with every case that we're involved in and that we provide solutions for, 
we're actually going to give a needs analysis on that. So we're going to break that down in really simple terms. This is why you've got this amount. This is why you've got that amount. What do you want to do? So I'm realizing right now, I mean, I've got life insurance. I've got mortgages. Now I'm in a situation where I'm realizing that I might need to increase the amount of my life insurance. How easy is that to do? That's probably a double-edged question. So it it's all individual. Yeah? Okay. So depending on somebody's health, depending on what they do for a living, there's lots of different options inside of you that. You have to, generally speaking, go through the yeah. entire process again yep. in order to modify the plan Typically. or the policy. Yep. To go upwards. To, to go, go up. To go down. You can reduce at any time, but uh, to go upwards, you have to probably go through. So, the so here's a right. question: You get insurance five years ago. You decide I need more. You start the health uh, check, and they realize, wait a second, you're not as healthy as you were. Something is gone seriously wrong. Yes. Um, can they? Can they? Does Does that put your insurance that you have at risk? No. The insurance that you have is locked in. Even so if you're using the same insurer? Yep, yep. it's fine. doesn't matter. The policy that you've done is based on that day. Okay. So once that policy is issued and it's in place, you could go and become a smoker the next day. Like It doesn't affect what happens. You could be diagnosed with something the next day. Mm-hmm. And as long as it hasn't, there hasn't been a build-up to it, which has been documented, okay, then yeah, like you're fine. Matt has been under the impression that he's been <laughs> he's had to stay healthy for the last now, few years. I, I wanna, this has been a real social regulator on my lifestyle. So now I want to I want to add a little. Feel free to start every, smoking. Every time I said I have two to four drinks a week, so every time I'm about to have the fifth. So I want to cap on it. I want to add a disclaimer in this. Just because you've got insured, it doesn't mean that you should change your lifestyle. Um, Obviously, a healthy so lifestyle is going to heroin. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in theory, yeah, like that could happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could happen. And if somebody wasn't shooting heroin when they set up their insurance, yeah. You're good. they would still be covered. So that's that's an important thing. Um, the other thing I want to add in just to the – it makes it sound almost a little inconvenient having to reapply if you're trying to up your insurance and that sort of thing. But let's just look at the example that you gave. So, okay, so I start going through a new application and I find out I'm sick. Okay, well, one, you'd probably want to find out you're sick. So your insurance application has done that. Mm-hmm. And we've had multiple clients where this is no word of a lie. Them doing the insurance application has saved their life because they found something which was happening, which they didn't know, and they were able to catch it before it became too late. So that can definitely happen. And the other thing is if something's going on in your life where it's going to affect your insurability and you only went and got mortgage insurance, okay, that mortgage insurance isn't going to pay anyway. Right. So, yeah, it might be a little bit more inconvenient up front, but it's going to be a hell of a lot more convenient for you and your family going forward. What about, so there's definitely people listening to this episode thinking, I did get mortgage insurance. I should have got life insurance. What are their options? Do they have any options now to get out of their mortgage insurance or do they have to go through the term or of their mortgage before they can modify or change? LanceandTom.com. <laughs> They'll save your life. Yeah. <laughs> Basic- come, and, come and speak to us. Yeah, so, basically uh, we can make an application for them to do insurance. Once it's approved, they can just stop paying for their mortgage insurance and drop yeah. that coverage and go with what we get them. Right. We've right. we've even had like situations in the past where – Clients have found out about what we do and then they've come to us and we've set them up something new 
And then we've sent them back to their mortgage insurance provider and said, look, go back to them and cancel the insurance. They've gone to cancel it. There isn't even any record of them having a policy with them. Wow. They've got all the premium statements showing that they're paying (laughs) premiums. They give them the policy number and they say, yeah, that policy number doesn't exist. So now that begs the question as to would they have ever paid out anyway? Yeah. You know, and that's happened. I'm not going to name the bank, but that's happened for me three times with the same bank. Is it so, possible that they're so confident that they're not going to pay out that they're not even filing the policies? <laughs> I think there could there could definitely be um, the potential for some complacency, yeah. Interesting. Wow. So one thing I've noticed, guys, is when you're actually at the bank getting your mortgage, it's often a mortgage broker or somebody at the bank providing this insurance. Are, are these licensed insurance representatives or no, they don't they don't need to be licensed because they're selling creditor protection. It's not actual life insurance. So let me get this straight. Though. You guys are licensed insurance yeah. representatives. So, yeah, we have to actually get a license. So we have to go through schooling to get that. And then we have to go through regular educational courses to keep up that license. So we're very much involved in it. We understand how it works. And we're constantly keeping up to date with the information on it. To sell credit or insurance, you need maybe a training course that they provide just so you know how to sell it, not how to give advice on it. Interesting. Well, maybe we'll leave it there. I mean, LanceandTom.com. Uh, how can uh, how can people get a hold of you guys and find out more about what you do? Sure. So, yeah, just go to the website. So go to LanceandTom.com. That's a, a temporary domain that we've got right now because we're just rebuilding one of our websites. We'll give you honest advice. If you're doing something that's good, we're not going to tell you to replace it. But if there's something that you probably need a little bit of help on, we're going to do what we can for you. Can you guys stick around for a segment called The Five Wire? Oh, yeah. I, sure. Okay, that sounds cool. But but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we got five quick questions about Vancouver and your experience in Vancouver. So question number one, what's your favorite area in Vancouver? Tom. Gastown. Gastown. Lance? Yaletown. Yaletown. All right. Coming from a Yaletown boy. Yeah, oh, actually, maybe I might correct it. I mean, I've been away for a couple of years, so maybe I might say Main Street now. Main Street. Yeah. Good choice. So favorite bar or restaurant? Rodney's. Ooh. Staying in Yelltown. Yeah. <laughs> it used to be my local haunt for like 10 years. So. Right. <laughs> what was uh, the Elephant and Castle? Oh, okay. Wow. Staying in yeah. London. Home roots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Downtown Penthouse or Westside Mansion? Downtown Penthouse. Westside Mansion. We, oh, the Yelltown oh. guy goes to the West Side. We, we actually had this conversation on the way. And I said, this is why I like the fact that we've got an apartment that we use in Vancouver. If I'm in a city, I want city life. So I yeah. want an apartment. Right. You know, right. if I want my home, then I'm going to go to Kelowna. <laughs> so where do you bring somebody from out of town? The first place you bring them if they're visiting Vancouver. Ooh, depends on the season, I guess. I mean, if the weather's half decent, maybe uh, sort of West End, uh, near Stanley Park, Seawall kind of thing. Right. Granville. Nice. Granville's Wait, fun. Wait, Granville, Granville, the nightclub? <laughs> Granville <laughs> Island. Granville Island, yeah. Let's I'm going to take, take him to the market, get yeah. some seafood, and yeah. Don't take them to get beat up on the street. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be just like back home. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and, and last question, Vancouver or Kelowna? And keep in mind, 
We are the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Although we do tell people to occasionally invest in Kelowna. (laughs) Kelowna for family, Vancouver for work. I would totally agree with that. Oh, thread the needle. Nicely done, guys. All right. Well, hey, thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much for having us. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks. So there you have it, folks. Our discussion with Lance Risby and Tom Gamer. Good grief. Those guys know what they're talking about, Matt. I'm talking, that's high level. High that's level high stuff. level stuff. I actually, I, every Thursday for our team, we bring in people to talk to our team about a variety of things. Lawyers, accountants, insurance people, mortgage brokers, uh, commercial it. agents, everything, right? This is our, our weekly meeting and what we're trying to do is just get everybody on the same page and learn. Bone right? up. Exactly. <laughs> what was that? Bone up? Bone up. That's a, that's a set of thing. Yeah. Study. Level up. Bone up. Bone up. Bone up a T. Uh, Cut that, bread. Uh, <laughs> anyways, we had these guys in a couple weeks back, and we were so impressed with their presentation that we wanted to have them on the show. Yeah, and you've I think used them. You actually, oh, I've yeah, I've known Lance for years. I, yeah. I met Tom more recently, but you know, they're they're both fantastic guys, and they're at the top of their game, and they're the kind of guys that you want to use. And you know, they work in Vancouver, they service Kelowna, they service surrounding areas, yeah, and they're fairly mobile. I mean, these are guys that uh, challenge the Coca Cola a couple times a week. <laughs> yeah, brave guys, couple two three times. Yeah, it sounds nerve wracking. I mean, you and I were on there. <laughs> Almost died. Yeah, we almost died. Yeah. Anyway, what else we got? We got the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast.com. Yeah, Matt. Uh, benefit like 17,000 plus other people that are benefiting from Vancouver Real Estate 17, Podcast.com. I'm hype, man. You're like, flavor, flavor. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, go to the website and benefit from that. Uh, we've got the deal of the month, which goes out in a mailer. So you got to sign up for the email list. Yeah, we That's co- going to be kind of the best deal that we've seen out there right now. So we, we're, we're doing one a month. Uh, it's on a suggestion from one of our listeners, and we thought it was a great idea. We've had we have a lot of people out, looking so. for deals out there, and uh, and we'll send you the best. So sign up on our website. Sign up for that, and also check out PCS Private Climate Services because if you're not using PCS, you're standing still while the rest of us are uh, power walking by. That's right. Um, we also have the uh, the new phone app. A lot of people are not super impressed with PCS on their phones. We got another app beta testing right now get in touch we've had people reach out over the last week a lot of positive feedback for this app pcs so, is phenomenal though if you actually are using it on a computer it's uh, amazing on right? on a desktop or a laptop there's nothing better absolutely no, absolutely and, and we got better. a fix for you that you get sold prices you get listing updates 36 to 72 hours before public mls we've got that for your mobile we got that for you on your desktop so get in touch for sure yeah uh, last but not least, we have some other resources. We've got some pre-sale information. Absolutely. Uh, we have our listings promotion. You can get in touch with us if you're looking to sell. I mean, we just mentioned that listing. We had 32 offers. It's now still is, a it, very good time to sell. It's a very so good time touch. to sell. Get in touch. Head over to VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. And Matt, how can people reach you? If not there, 778-847-2854 or Matt at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Or you can try myself at 778-866-4574 or Adam at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. And Brady D. Brady D., where's your mic? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, Brady. Yeah. Braden? All right. Really? Nobody emails me anymore. All right. Info. Info at Braden. At Braden D. Dot com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a great week, guys. We'll see you next time. Take care. Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today.
Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. This podcast is sponsored by Common Ground Consulting. Are you developing in the Lower Mainland? Common Ground Consulting is a development management and consulting company with experience in single family, townhouses, multifamily, and commercial developments. What I love about Common Ground, Adam, is they manage the whole development process from due diligence and feasibility reports for initial purchase of land to completing rezoning, development permits, and building permits. They streamline the whole process with strong relationships with sub-consultants and municipalities and a deep understanding of all city requirements. Common Ground Consulting. Feasibility and efficiency prioritized every step of the way. Learn more at commonground-consulting.com or 604-807-6419. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020. 